Bloody Elbow presents MMA Depressed Us, the show that looks back at some fights that were so bad that they were good, fights that were just incredibly bad, and fights that were deeply disappointing. Hey everybody, welcome back to the MMA Depressed Us with me, Zane Simon, and my co-hosts, as always, Connor Rebush and Phil McKenzie. We're that's here once me. again. Hmm? That, that's you, you said? That's, well, I, one of those is me. Oh, okay. I'm I'm glad that you... You know, sorted that for me. I wasn't sure for a moment. Why are you making a big deal out of this? Just continue with the intro. <laughs> That's just a thing Phil and I like to do. When your name is introdu- introduced, it's polite to say, That's, That's me. me. <laughs> Phil said it too. It's just you didn't hear it. He said it very quietly. Said, oh, okay. He said, I... That's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Go on, Jesus. All right, all right. <laughs> God, I'm so thrown. Now now that I've had to recognize you, I'm, my whole like perception of of where I was in the world has shifted. I thought I was here alone. Suddenly you're here. I don't know. This is this is a little there's a lot to take in. Yeah. You're suddenly seeing yourself in a huge panorama, quivering and saying my God, that's me. I'm not alone. That's me. That's us. Wow. Well, it was fun. I'm, I, the whole show will be worthwhile as long as I get to fuck up your intro. That's usually my goal. <laughs> also, I didn't also say that's me, but the other person is in what? fact me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, okay. gonna, just waiting for the time to say it when it would just cause as much uh, additional disruption as possible. But yes, the other person on that, on that that Zane was talking about, me. That was me. You should just wait until like halfway through the first fight. <laughs> just like randomly say, "That's me." By the way. By the by the by. By the way. So All what right. are we doing today, Zane, on the depressed us. We are back with another episode of the MMA depressed us. It's a non-UFC fight week. Obviously, you know they they got that taste of time off, and they just needed more of it. Mm-hmm. But uh. This time around, we're going to be, and I'm not even sure that this will quite uh, shake out thematically. It's a couple of fights, at least, that I haven't seen for a long, long time. But our our our, our basic uh, premise this week is failed Imanari roles. We're we're watching we're watching your your best guard grapplers get absolutely shellacked for 15 minutes. Yeah, but not. And hopefully not dramatically enough that it's actually cool and good. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the idea. The last thing we want is Shinya Aoki against uh, Gilbert Melendez again. Right. <laughs> no kidding. So we're going to start things out with the inventor of the sass angle. Still fun to say. All these years later, Paul Sass against Danny Castillo. At UFC Fight Night Boobly Boo. Uh, I don't know which favorite event. Let's see. Castillo Sass was UFC on Fuel TV 7 in 2013. Gonna, wow. We're going to follow that up with Luis Firmino against, against the man himself, Masakazu Iminari at Pride Bushido 5 
and then wrap the whole thing up with Dan Henderson against Husamar Paul Harris at UFC 88, one of the very, very few times in his career that Husamar Paul Harris has ever been to a decision either in victory or a loss. So it's basically when grapplers who do one thing don't get to do that thing for 15 yes. minutes or more. Yes. Yep. Hopefully uh, it'll be awful. I think it's going to be terrible. I think it's going to be terrible. Uh, it's going to be terrible, yes. <laughs> so let me, uh, I got to switch my audio over here, which I should have done earlier. But... Guys, Phil, this, you... is a, this is a smoothly running machine right here. <laughs> you know what? Finely oiled well-tuned do you you know I, I like to think of it as like you know the the classic mustang of podcasts where if if we had a gas pedal you could step on it and you just hear like the deep guttural roar of the engine yeah it certainly not, certainly not, runs like it's been going on for 65 <laughs> years <laughs> Not the high-pitched whine and and rumble and clank of, uh, you know, an actual 60-year-old car that hasn't been maintained at all and that uh, was pretty worn out like five years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. This this is sounding like a description of your brain, though, so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. We're going to jump in. Danny Castillo, Paul Sass. Everybody's got it set. Starting in three, two, one, go. It was a really good way to describe the show, just like an extremely tortured metaphor that like, <laughs> took a really, really long time to sort of come together. Uh, an extremely tortured metaphor is the exact right way to describe yeah. the show. <laughs> yeah. Did we ramble and get nowhere and describe nothing? Welcome to the MMA Depressed Us. <laughs> oh, a very young-looking uh, Danny Castillo in these clips. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's he's such a weird fighter that he's a like he has a pretty good highlight reel. He does, but yeah. also he was like the. Uh, he was the guy holding it down for being boring in WEC. Yeah. Yeah. Like once, th- there was just no one else really. Hafal Asensal wasn't even Hafal Asensal at that point. I mean, I it was just it was just Danny Castillo just being like, no one else is just trying to be a <laughs> top control grinder here, so I'm gonna do it. God damn it. It's also like you know, I, I wonder if part of that too was just the long, long, long time pressure of being the big one at Team Alpha Male. Maybe and maybe not even yeah. like, that's what being the big guy at Team Alpha Male teaches you. Like you're five foot ten and suddenly yeah, you're, like, you're a giant. I can lay and just... prey on all of my teammates. Oh, this is uh this is Ludwig era. Yeah, Ludwig era. Wayne is there. This is that like two year window where he was just making them all good strikers. Yeah, Ludwig mm-hmm. and even behind that, it's uh what's his name? What's Little it, uh, Justin Buckles. Buckles, yeah. It's two it heavily embittered former team alpha male coaches. Well, the difference being that one of them is actually a good coach. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the other one is uh the other one did a podcast even stupider than ours. It Hard seems to, to be his his main responsibility responsibility at Team Alpha Male before Ludwig left. It was he 
Dwayne Ludwig brought the striking and the and the tutelage. Justin Buckholz brought the huge penis cakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that little podcast? They used to like clips used to show up from it. It would always be like Justin Buckles. It was in like some back room at the Team Alpha Male compound. I'm yeah, I'm dimly and they would and it would be like a all Team Alpha Male guys. Yeah, but they they would all be in there hanging out in like. S- swim trunks and just shirtless and shoeless mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sitting i sitting would have been leather... shocked yeah <laughs> if but they were think... wearing clothes on their upper bodies i the just think remember the they, were all, they were all shirtless and they would all sit on a leather couch which always made me strangely uncomfortable <laughs> they're all just like sticking to a leather couch without clothes on <laughs> very weird vibe if you actually watch the episodes None of them could ever move during the podcast at all because <laughs> the, the actual, like, the noise would absolutely destroy the the contained sound room. Yeah. Yeah. That's like actually everything. what inspired the decision to make Castillo head coach a few <laughs> years later because his job as the big one was to come in and peel Uriah <laughs> off the couch. <laughs> Danny, we need you. <laughs> Just sort of lumber in. Wait. <laughs> like a bottle of oil. <laughs> oh, there was oil. Just grabbing him by, grabbing him by the hair, pulling him forward, and just dumping like six ounces of olive oil down behind his back. Is that trainer Paul Sass's dad? That's the vibe I'm getting. Is that Paul Sass's dad there? Mr. Sass. That Mr. Sass. Papa it does Sass. Seem like that. And the cool-looking bald guy in the gay in the back. He looks. It, it is. He looks awesome. That guy does have the kind of face that right? it, it looks like, you know, Sass is lucky to only inherit like 25% yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Thank God you look like your mother, son. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what part of England Sass is from. I don't know what part of England that Liverpool. is. Liverpool. It's Liverpool. It's on his tattoo. Ooh, that, that's a fun one. Let me, you want to hear my scouse, surely, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> just do it. Just Bill, get out of your, get out of your he, system. Bill hates hearing actual scousers talk. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I ho- actually, hopefully, like Connor's impression will be so terrible as it normally is that it won't yeah. actually rouse my deep-seated class-based homicidal urges. Yeah, you, you look I like won't... your fucking mum. <laughs> wow. All I've got is all I've got is fucking. It's the only scouse word I can reliably do. This is a very broad definition of the word reliably. Well, come on. I can do the one Darren Till phrase where he says, he used to say all the time, I'm fucking great. Yeah. Okay, that's not bad. That, fucking yeah, great. I like that. That, I like that. that phrase I can do. Oh. Yeah, so Danny Castillo normally has like one round of doing cool striking stuff, and then he he may, maybe less, probably generally less than that, like half a round, and then he just gets really scared. Yeah. Striking. Do, do you think that he retired because they got Josh Emmett? Like, they got another big one, and they you know they can only have one at a time. They can only you can only have one queen bee in a hive. Josh Emmett's one forty-five, although probably. Coming he started at one. The, he started at one fifty. Yeah, yeah, he started at one fifty-five. And I was gonna say probably coming later to the sport, he is just exactly the same size as Castillo. It's just this is the new era. Yes. Of weight cutting yeah. expectations. 
Yeah. Wait, I'm, wait, expectations. The I'm wondering if they, they had the smoke Castillo out. Round one now. <laughs> I like to think that it was, I like to think that it was more, um, that it was like more amicable than that, that like they had Castillo looking on with like a fond eye as, uh, oh, Sass trying to, yes, trying to jump guard and go for a triangle. <laughs> Like, on a standing Danny Castillo. That is awesome. How did he get up that high that fast? Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. He jumped guard for the guillotine the moment Castillo tried to take him down. And then, with impressive agility, got his legs up there for the triangle. Yeah. Immediately powerbombed, but, you know. Uh uh Mm Uh-huh. Yeah, I saw Castillo pick him up and hold him against the fence. I was like, there's no way Danny's going to be able to resist yeah. Slamming him yeah. out of this triangle, and of course he did seconds later. Who could? Yeah, I want to slam Paul Sass. Say. Look at him. Yeah, but no, I, I like to think that like a, you know, slightly damp-eyed Danny looked on like a proud father <laughs> passing on the torch as Josh Emmett peeled Uriah off the couch. <laughs> and it was like, am I working? You've here, learned son? everything. Yeah, you've learned everything. I have to teach you, son. <laughs> Awesome, awesome couch, pe- awesome couch peeling, dude. <laughs> I'm gonna assume too that there's probably a lot of leftover skin on the couch because guaranteed a lot of these guys are sunburned about 80 percent of the time. Yep, from, from hanging out on the beach. Genetically craft an entire person out of that couch by the yeah. time. It oh went out. yeah, it's not the just got put out on the curb. There was enough genetic material in that thing to. Yeah. It's not just sunburned skin on there. We know there's other there's other sources of DNA that have definitely ended up in and on that couch. We're actually four Uriah Favors deep at this point. The original Uriah Favors <laughs> died in like 2007. They've just been cloning him out of ca- the couch cushions. Well, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, the couch cushions would be an unholy like combination of everyone who's ever been in Team Alpha Male. So it would just make this like. Insane. Actually, a in, failed Uriah that, Yeah, it's just it, well, it just makes some insane hybrid muscle freak just be like some Akira esque like thing with biceps on biceps on biceps, and just an allergy to clothes. Just like kill me, bro. Josh Emmett just slithered out of the couch one day. <laughs> right. Wow. Alphamil hasn't actually brought a new fighter to the gym in a yeah. decade. They just, every now and then, the couch just excretes a new dude. Wow. And that's their new, the latest Team Alpha Male prospects. That makes just, so much sense. Yeah, terrifyingly plausible. Uh, well, I mean, to his credit, Danny Castillo is trying to beat Paul Sasser. Yeah, yeah. He's not uh, just laying praying. He sees a guy who wants to play guard, and he's obliging him. Mm-hmm. It's letting Sass and he gets be- heel hooked. He gets out of it. He looks immediately, Sass looks immediately exhausted now. Like, he really yeah. spent all of his nickels in the first four minutes of trying to grapple Danny Castillo. Yeah, Danny Castillo, meanwhile, is like, I'm less tired than this guy is after like three or four minutes of the first round this is this is unique that's right this is from growing up in alaska zane where do you get all these like old man phrases (laughs) he spent all his nickels (laughs) (laughs) 
it is, it's the frontier about. spirit in me. I have. Yeah. I, I grew up with the aged prospector, uh, you know, sort of in an aged prospector environment. Yeah, you're the man who taught me the term, which I still use because it's so funny to me. But you're the one who taught me the word smoke show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a good. That is a good word, though. It's just such an old man way of being horny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, she's a real smoke show. You said it about Pearl Gonzalez. I remember distinctly. I was this because this is what I was desperate to know. Yeah, it was I about Pearl Gonzalez, who, who is, let's be honest, a smoke show. Mm-hmm. Very pretty woman. Uh, but I use that term to this day because of you. I, you know, much much like uh, Uriah Faber, I am I am proud of all of the absolute misfits that I have inspired and created. Creativity. Now give me five hundred dollars to live in yeah. one of my bunk bed cabanas. Yeah, it's kind of never told you, but that's how he first, you know, uh, first approached his current girlfriend. He was like, "How's <laughs> it, young lady? You know, <laughs> you're you're a real smoke show, you know." Real smoke show. He was twirling a cane at the time. <laughs> the monocle on. I'm not sure I'm ready for this. I'm like, I couldn't give a wooden nickel if you're ready for this, young lady. <laughs> it's time to get serious now. It's time to go steady. Oh man! <laughs> Just waiting for a way to get the phrase "wooden nickel" in there. It seems like something Zane would say. <laughs> plugged nickel, plugged nickel. That's what I would say. What is that? It's a nickel with a hole in it. I know we're I know we're just two two regular people, and two regular people's desires ain't worth a hill of beans in this crazy old world. <laughs> hill of beans is a good one. <laughs> a plug. He's even coming up with old man terms I've never ever encountered. What is a yeah. nickel? Why would there be a hole in a nickel? Was this so you can use it to fish for beggars? This is my mm-hmm. posh white, you know, posh English person mm-hmm. assumption. Drag it along in- the sidewalk. Yeah, exactly. Come here, you bums. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, round two. Uh, I, yeah, I can't, tell, I can't tell you why it would be called a plug. I mean, the, I don't know why they put a, put a hole in it. I, I, I just looked, and it, the the only explanation I, I saw right away was that, like, it decreased the material metal value of the coin. Well, yeah. So yeah, maybe that, that didn't have a hole in it, wasn't it? It's a bit like... <laughs> Isn't this a bit less subtle but, than the Connor? What's the word for it when you you're coining something when you flake off the stuff around the edge and then remill it? Oh, r- rub it! Isn't that just rubbing? Is it called or is it? No, uh, that's a slightly different thing. You can actually—that's when you just oh oh um, shaving a coin like yeah, it might be. Talked about shaved coins. Yeah, we're made out of gold. People used to do yeah that kind of stuff. I know because there was a whole Terry Pratchett book about it. Was there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Money. Why they? Uh, one of the Moist von Lipwig books, where they he had he had to over, redo the mint, and uh, they went through all the different methods of 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, we're reading that one right now. They talk about sweating. Yes. Sweating. And you put term. your coins in a leather bag and collect the gold dust that rubs off. Yep. Sweating coins. That's how, that one always is interesting. Well, just so anyone's wondering, we are watching the fight. We're just not talking about it or paying attention at all because he, round two started and within seconds, Paul Sass pulled guard and was taken down. Both happened at once. We get it. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, stuff is still happening. Danny Castillo yeah, yeah, is yeah. still trying. Paul yeah. Sass is still trying. Like, Paul Sass is, keeps trying for submissions uh, and Danny Castillo is still trying to punch him in the head. And yeah, really? Yeah, I think Danny Castillo is definitely settling into... Danny Castillo's second gear. I think that's just when um, he's just like, uh, yeah, this is tiring, and I'm just going to be a functional MMA fighter for the rest of the for the rest of the bout here. I, I don't know why it is, but I just noticed that both Sass and Castillo look like they're wearing like eyeliner because they both have really like thick, long lashes or mascara. I mean mascara. I just wanted to throw that out there into the room. Now these yeah. the, both of these gentlemen have just thick, luxurious, long, yeah. seductive lashes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've always find yourself drawn to them. Mm-hmm. Always, I've always been told that. Have you guys ever been told that? I think it's actually a thing a lot of women think about men because men don't do anything to their lashes, so they don't like thin out. You ever heard ladies say this? Mm-hmm. No. Guys always have such great eyelashes. I've gotten many older women who have complimented me on my eyelashes. Very strange. I can't say. I, that I, I can see that being your. I can see that being the nicest thing to say about you. The nicest thing they could possibly say. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Confronted with a, a various number of op, impolite options, the yeah. eyelashes were a safe gamble. And let me just say here, <laughs> you hardly smell at all. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I believe the weirdest compliment I've got like that was someone complimenting me on the shape of my head. head. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I would die to have a head shaped like that. I would just die. <laughs> you truly don't have the you 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 just don't have the the bulging upper cranium of a true of a true lower class criminal. <laughs> no Liverpudlian cranium here. Crani- cranium here. Yeah, old ladies around here aren't quite as into phrenology as they are in the UK. <laughs> oh, I'm half tempted to get out my calipers, dear. They just were they they were trying to discern whether or not Phil could get let in to have tea or not, or if he had to have it out back behind the kitchen. Oh, I don't know, Deirdre. I don't think he's a Welshman. Sit <laughs> a skull. You can't possibly be, be Cornish. <laughs> okay, wow, well, Danny Castillo is really going for it here. Yeah, he is. This I, isn't that bad, it's just not interesting. No. <laughs> He's whipping just, Paul Sass's ass. Yeah, it's just very, like, it's... He's doing his best to finish. Uh, he's just, you know, he's, he's Danny Castillo, and he's not going to be finishing someone with ground and pound. He's opened a can of whoops ass. Who is this uh, Zane? Ooh, cut man that they don't have anymore. <laughs> yeah, the cut, got a, uh, the cut like one of the actors from Little Britain. You know yeah, I was going to say he does have a quite a strong uh, Matt Lucas uh, yeah. resemblance. Yeah, 
Well, I feel hey, that's sorry, Zane. That's racist. All bald white men do not look like. Well, sorry, bald white English people do not look like Matt Lucas, even though they kind of do. <laughs> they really all do. Just, that's one of the five British faces. Darren Till has one of the other ones. It's just strange to uh, to see a, a cut man I don't recognize at all. He must have only been there briefly. It was actually just a sketch. This has all been an elaborate Little Britain sketch. You're going to come out in a tracksuit, like a, a, a pink and turquoise tracksuit at the end of it. Okay, round three is happening now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How long until the takedown? Let's take bets. I say within the next 15 seconds. I'll give it a minute and a half. It's going to be really belabored. I mean, what is Paul Sass going to... Yeah, I mean, is Danny Castillo... I would, yeah, I guess Danny Castillo should be worried about the striking of Paul Sass because he just, like did an awkward level change directly into a Paul Sass jab, yeah, and it looked it like did. it really upset him. Well, it's been more than 15 oh. seconds. Paul Sass spinning back kick. Oh, it looked like he was going for a flying knee. Yeah, I, I don't it. think Danny Castillo wants anything of this man's stand-up. It's yeah. going to be rough for all the Team Alpha Male guys for, like, striking, because literally everybody that you face is the person with the longest reach you've seen in, like, six months. <laughs> yeah. So you step in every time you step into the octagon, it's like, oh my god, I have not fought somebody who could touch me from a foot away in in a year now since my since my last fight. It's one of the like it's one of the tests of the of the newborn alpha male fetuses is that like you just their arms need to at least be long enough to pull themselves out of the couch, <laughs> uh, and if they're not, it just reabsorbs them again. <laughs> Dana, I think you were pretty close. That was like a minute and 10 seconds later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. I just looking at Danny Castillo, I just something about Danny Castillo makes me think that. This is a guy who has very thin hair who spray paints his scalp. <laughs> you just get that vibe from Danny Castillo. This is a man who would not go bald gracefully. Let's put it like that. Mm-hmm. I think, I think he went. I think it's because the hair is so thick. It's so it's it's almost like unnaturally thick. That's what I'm saying. There's something off about it. It's just a big like black puddle on Paul Sass's chest at the end of the fight. <laughs> That they're like Rudy Giuliani with like yeah. a drip that that fifth element Zorg drip. <laughs> it's always cool when a politician does something that you would find like uh find that you would you'd find to be too symbolically on the nose if you watched it in like an eighties or nineties action film. Yeah. Yeah. And then a line of black evil goo dripped down his face. Yeah. You're like his brain is rotting. See? Did you see that yes. incredibly cheeky upkick? A tiny little upkick Paul Sass just gave Castillo. <laughs> Castillo was like barely on his feet, like his knees were almost touching the ground. <laughs> Paul Sass was just staring into his eyes and just boop, just kicked him a little tiny upkick. Oh, yep, there we go. 
Now this, yeah, this that, is what we trained for at Team Alpha Male. That's right. This, this is a place where Castillo is perfectly comfortable. Yeah, let me show you a little move I learned on the old leather couch. <laughs> He's just rubbing his head across Paul Sass's cup, too. That was somehow... I thought I was beyond laughing at North-South, but that was the gayest North-South <laughs> I've ever seen. It really... Did. Danny Castillo's top control really does have a draped like lovers aspect to it. <laughs> He's so tender in top position. Those lashes again. <laughs> <laughs> Lock eyes. They really were. They were staring at each other's eyes for a very long time before. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> Go back to North South. Just end the fight in North South, Dan. That's anyway. right. Take the Luke, the Luke Rockhold way of well, if you, if you can't win, at least degrade your opponent as much as possible. <laughs> well, I mean, if you can't win by a finish, because he's definitely won this. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. This is this is really uh... starting to wear out its welcome in the last. This is, this is what we're in for. Yep. What happens when a Paul Sass type can't do the Paul Sass thing? Yeah. Well, it's also yeah. when he's up against someone who doesn't have a great gas tank who has gotten tired from defending all the submission tech attempts. Here's that one highlight in the first round that we all remember being pretty cool. Yeah. That's I mean, to be it. Fair to Castillo, there were some, he, he was throwing some pretty crazy ground and pound throughout periods of round two. This is round two, I think. Yeah. But that one was round one. We're going to see a round two highlight of some pretty nasty elbows, yeah. Yeah, there they are. Pretty. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then nothing. Oh, boy. <laughs> then the drape-like lovers portion. Mm-hmm. All right. Shall we, shall we move on? Mm-hmm. Let's. Okay. Jumping over now to Pride Bushido 5, Luis Firmino, Masakazu Imanari. Okay, I gotta I gotta refresh just before you say go. Yeah. Oh god. I'm just not. This is just a terrible idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. These are all gonna be the same. <laughs> yep. I'm feeling I'm feeling good about it. I, I feel like that's you know. I feel like we chose a good a good topic. I wish you mean a bad topic. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if it's not suffering, I'm I'm not happy. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Luis Firmino, Masakazu Iminari, ready starting in three, two, one, go. Did we say that we're watching all these on Fight Pass, by the way? Yeah, we are watching them. And since I didn't give any of that normal spiel, as always, we're starting each video at the very beginning. So all you have to do is hit hit go at the 0.00 mark when I or hit play when I say go the 0.00 mark. That all made sense, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. No one who listens watches along anyway. Yeah, no, I know. Like, which is really like. I mean, this show was never made to be popular. 
No. Wait, is is Firmino's name Buscape? Buscape. No, they were they were announcing they they shouted his name as Buscape, and then he was he said the the play by play guy uh, also called him Buscape. That can't be it. It has this, to be Buscape, this right? This has got to be. Yeah. This is yeah. It's, this has got to be one of those things where remember there were a bunch of early Pride events where they brought in yeah. Um, the commentary team to record it after they did it after the fact and they had yeah. to like pretend that they were surprised with what was happening yeah mm. there's one where round one's about to start by the way yeah where where both rootin is commentating and you can see him and, in the corner and and it starts now oh yeah oh no not that <laughs> one zane there's one where where steven quadros uh, or boss, I can't remember, but one of them like accidentally gives away that they know who's going to win the oh, fight. Oh, yeah. Commentating. Yeah. I just uh, remember boss commentating and then like, and who's that handsome man? And it's him in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which would have been fine if they didn't, for some reason, they felt they had to pretend it was happening live. Yeah. Okay, this is once again the kind of fight where you'd be like, if this was only one round long, this would actually be pretty fun. Yeah. No. The, in fact, one round is going to... Wait, actually, this is Bushido, so it's only going to be a 15-minute fight. Yeah. One 10-minute round, one 5-minute second round. Yeah. I did enjoy the Bushido cards. They were reliably... Oh, fun. yeah. The refs also got extremely liberal with the use of yellow cards. <laughs> At the Bushido events, they were like encouraged to be even stricter with making action happen. So, a lot of the annoying yellow cards are, are probably one of the principal ways that, like, I my my advocacy for fighters to get paid, yeah, meets my fandom head on, and I'm just like. Refs should hand out more yellow cards. We should bring that back. No, I don't think so. The fact that you lose a huge chunk of your pay with each warning, no, I don't like that. Like I said, I don't, I don't actually like it. Technically, I think it's a terrible idea. But I would love to see just how mental somebody like Sean Strickland would go if a ref just saw him pumping his jab out there pointlessly for five for like two minutes and just handed him a yellow card. Yeah, I wonder if it would have any effect at all. I don't think Sean Strickland needs the money. He doesn't pay rent. You know, he lives in that awful batch, <laughs> bachelor condo. It's the halfway house. So they don't. Yeah. No, you don't pay rent on a halfway house. Yeah, the landlord is uh, is currently decaying in the recess between the walls. So <laughs> no, nobody asking for rent. Also, um, yeah, if uh, given MMA refing, you can't really trust anyone to give out anything like a yellow card. No, 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 no. Given like the last time I remembered someone being warned for timidity, it was like David Tamer as he was chasing Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Tracar close or something around the cage. Yeah. yeah. And Tracar close was like, "Come on, you pussy!" As he ran away, and then the ref was like, "Yeah, come on, go after him." <laughs> come, come on, on come on. <laughs> now listen, pussy, I'm going to take a point. 
<laughs> unless you run faster after this man who clearly wants nothing to do with you. I, I like I say, I know it's a terrible idea. That I don't actually want to like I just Oh, this is the I would like to see this in the same kind of way that you'd you'd want to see like electrified fences or something, just because yeah. you want to see insane insane shit happen to people. Exactly. That's a nice start. Yeah. Minari is, nice. is getting threatened with a serious submission here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that looks very locked in. Oh, I didn't. I've, it's been so long since I've seen someone try to knee their way out of the dust. Man, I, I, we really need to bring that part of the way back. Of like, mm-hmm. if you're both on the ground, all, all kicks and knees are. Yeah. Weak. I think in particular, if you're on your back, it should not matter what position yeah. the guy standing over you is in. You should yep. be able to up kick someone in the face if they're in your guard. Yeah. That is that, like a huge weapon for grounded fighters that is clearly not as it's neither as dangerous nor as unpalatable as soccer kicking somebody who's on all fours. Yeah. Yep. They, you know, they should bring it back. It is it is absolutely like one of the things that made grappling more kinetic in in pride and feel like and like you where you, when UFC was just like in its pure, like, put somebody down against the fence and just lay on them era. Yeah. Think how, I mean, it could change a lot of fights, a lot of the modern sort of grappling meta. Like that, Conor McGregor landed one of those pride-style knees on Khabib. Yeah. Landed clean and hard, and it's like, oh, that was actually cheating. But, like, yeah. it was a good idea. Yeah. The ref didn't actually do anything about it, though, did he? Did he? No. I think he I warned. Know. I think he warned him. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah, he said, "Excuse me, sir. <laughs> You're actually not allowed to do that. Sorry. I'll get out of your way. You go back to sticking your fingers in this guy's gloves. Sorry, did I go overboard? Oops. Uh. <laughs> that's not what I meant to say. I wasn't implying anything. Uh. I can't believe Conor uh, actually tried to the implication a woman <laughs> on his yacht. He tried to Dennis Reynolds a woman on his yacht. That is yeah. truly a uh, next level of super villainy. I mean, did he actually try and do that? Because I just heard that he just went well, insane. Allegedly. I just heard that he went insane. Yeah. She was like, uh, I mean, because she's, she's older than him. She's from... Uh, I, she's from Cromlin. Yeah, she's from like his hometown. Yeah, I just I feel like yeah, it wouldn't necessarily be the kind of person that Conor McGregor would go out of his way to sexually assault. But who knows? I mean, it just sounds like from the sounds of it, it sounds like he allegedly just went completely nuts and just attacked her. Yeah, I, I think it. I mean, it's probably one of those like she disrespected him. He's been up for like three days straight on who knows what. Yeah, and just it. you know. What was that, Iminari? He just sort of sat down and then f- frog jumped sideways and then stood up again. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> this is the, these, these are the kind of skill variances we need more of in MMA. Yeah, guys yeah. who are just doing to, willing to do unashamedly weird shit that has no real place in a technical meta game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sort of a, the the fighting style you could describe as recumbent. 
I'm a recumbent fighter. <laughs> I did always think it would be cool if if somehow you're like the biggest athletic freak we've ever seen in MMA like came along and they were just like a pure guard grappler. <laughs> like if someone was just like hyperkinetically like like butt scooting themselves up into the air to, to pull guard <laughs> on someone. If ever yeah, somebody could do it, Yuri Prashaska would be that man. I want to see somebody hit a flying triangle from their back. Yeah. <laughs> they just kip up into a flying yes. triangle. Yes. <laughs> right off the ground. Do it. Sit down again. He didn't know what to do about that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Olé! That was awesome. Yeah. Really was. He is oh. just sitting down at every opportunity. Yep. He's tired. He, he, he is the um the most remarkable version of a guy who really just learned nothing about MMA other than being on his back. Yeah. The striking is absolutely the survivalist striking of somebody who is just trying to get to the next point where sitting down seems like a good idea. How many times in his career has Imanari just been crushed by like a knee? Or literally just like dodging kicks by sitting down underneath them? Probably, you know, less than you'd actually think. I know it's happened at least once that I can yeah. sort of picture. Let's see. He has only, let's see, his last knockout loss was in 2014 to Mizuno Hirota. He has, I mean, it's, it's worth remembering that he fights a lot of scrubs. Yeah. Joachim Hansen did it at Pride Bushido 8. That's, I think, the one I'm thinking of. And that's the only time. Wow. Which really tells you something about his level of competition, because mm-hmm. frankly, it should be happening frequently. Like, more than once in this fight, still in the first round, he has just dropped under yeah kick no guard or not, nothing going on defensively just the timing saving him what's happened to ryan hall is he still doing mma he got hurt really bad again oh uh, okay i think he i think it was his knee um but yeah, no, he got. He, he, I mean, if ever, I, it may really honestly be one of those points of like, you know, you, Ryan Hall looks like the least scary guy that you could ever imagine fighting in MMA. And it may honestly just be like, he also just does not have the physicality to push himself at the high, the kind of high level that the sport requires. You know? Yep. Like, it may really be that no, actually having that that kind of average guy body means that your limbs just start to disintegrate if you do this for long enough. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, credit to Buscape. He's, uh... <laughs> to Buscape. He's, he's still trying to go for, like, fight-ending finishes rather than just... Yeah, they, 
he's he's not afraid to grapple with Imanari at all, which is no. that's the death knell for all of these fighters. Yep. Somebody who's just oh my god! Hey, look at that! <laughs> that is such a bad idea. Oh, now hey, that said Piscopi. Hey, yeah, this thing Piscopi again now. That was one of those things at the beginning where I was like, did I? Is this one of those things where I've never heard it pronounced and I've just been wrong the whole time? <laughs> I was like, they're calling him... They call him the Great Buscape. I see that there was like some sports news segment that's making the rounds recently where some woman is announcing, uh, talking about a hockey game and the, and the, the, uh, the Canucks firing their head coach. So what does she call them? Canoops. The Canoops. Nice. That, that, I mean, that does sound like the most Canadian way of possibly saying that. Um, what's the, uh, like, a Newfie kind of way of saying it, even though, like, they wouldn't actually do it? Also, did did either of you see, like, he he tried Eminari rolling, and then as they were going through the positions, he almost ended up, like, shooting. Yeah. Like at one Oops. point he was, you know, facing like, you know, he was he was in a belly down position with his legs ready to push forward. And he <laughs> sort of thought about like actually shooting. Probably had a, a, a that sudden moment of clarity where it's like this is not this is not That's for not me. how you take people down. You have to take yeah. people down from your back by grabbing their leg. The the, the most comical way. My <laughs> oh, lord. I'll give it to Imanari for this at least. At least when he he drops. <laughs> I mean, he just about got crushed by the most obvious flying knee. At least for the amount he flopped, he gets up really fast. Yeah. You know. Okay, now he's scooting around, which there is no more definite sign that it. A, a guard grappler has totally given up on their the idea of winning the fight than the speed of the combat. I think what you idea. what you really want to do is just aim a Anderson Silver style front kick at their belly button. Mm. These are actually this is a good idea. Firmino has now just decided he's going to stop trying to like target Imanari's head, and he is just mm-hmm. kicking him really hard in the legs. So yeah, he just keeps falling down with no opening. Yep. Oh, Ooh, this is oh, bad, is he... though. Yeah, we're we're <laughs> way into the weeds on this. What if what if Ryan Hall didn't have his sensational stand-up game to complement his grappling? <laughs> it has turned interestingly into a different kind of bad from the previous fight. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he did he did get up. He, he did get a, wrap up a leg finally, you know. If we didn't know that this fight went to decision, this would be a fun moment. Yep, you are uh-huh. correct. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The yeah, escape is the escape escape. This is Bushido. How has Imanari not lost 30% of his purse by now for timidity? He hasn't thrown a strike. 
he just keeps butt scooting. And he dropping. has Bushido spirit, Connor. You don't lose misery points as long as you I don't think Bushido this is the Bushido spirit. I feel like... I mean, he's still an old... He's still old and past it at this point, right? Uh, no, this is like prime Minari. Is it? Yeah, this is just four years after his debut. Yeah. So, you know. Just saying, you wouldn't catch a sumo wrestler trying any of these these tactics. I think this is very anti Bushido, <laughs> the way that. Uh, I would love to see a sumo wrestler try. I mean, you would instantly lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One reason. <laughs> you don't see allowed. many sumo wrestlers just dropping to their back as a tactical move in sumo. But it's like, true. it's considered shameful in sumo to like over rely on not smashing together the moment the match begins. Like, if you sidestep and let the other guy run past you, which seems like such an obvious move, that's, like, considered shameful. Yep. So, like, surely the Japanese must look at Imanari at least some of the time and be like, come on, dude. Yeah, but this is, you know, this is the Japanese equivalent, you know, this is the... This is the crazy uh, insane sport. Yeah. Which you know, you know is presumably sumo is like extremely different. Shame. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, sumo is like incredibly ritualized. It's like I mean, it, like when people have MMA matches, they don't even like spread salt around the ring to drive demons away beforehand. That's like, right. I mean, what? Is that, that ring is probably full of demons, right? It now. Is, this is demon fighting, in fact. Yeah. Can you actually, can you even blame Iminari for making these strange decisions when obviously he's possessed? Yeah, yeah, he's being possessed by a series of Oni. Sumo does rock, though. Oh, Sumo, yes. It's just also the kind of sport where, like, oh, you swore in public once, now you're banned, and we're, like, taking every, we're, we're, like, taking your home. Yep, it is the the most weirdly ritualized sport, I think, probably, like, major sport, probably, in the world, I can think mm-hmm. of. Can't let those hefty boys get out of line. No, I mean, that is a good, uh, like, life philosophy in general. Yeah. Keep the hefty boys in line. Mm-hmm. Okay, this one's over. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's over. Praise the Lord. Right. All right. All right. <laughs> so uninteresting. <laughs> <laughs> we really did pick a horrible premise. All right, Dan Henderson, Husamar Paul Harris, UFC 88. Oh, I got to refresh. All right, everybody ready, set? Mm-hmm. Starting in three, two, one, go. Ollie's going off the background. Yeah, yeah, she, she, she's. I, I tucked her well away so that she wouldn't whine right into my ear. All she's been doing lately, but now there's somebody outside the door with a leaf blower or a mail truck or groceries or God knows what, and she's going for it. Look how young Dan Henderson looks. He wasn't particularly young. <laughs> no. Most people at this point were like, surely Dan Henderson is kind of past it. I mean, because he kind of was. But yeah. but yeah, still compared, it's like yeah. him and Shogun 
you know, they have these uh, these fights where you look back at them and, you know, they were clearly, very clearly on the decline. And we used to say, like, oh, that person's shot now. No. No. What they are now is shot. <laughs> like, Endo has one of the best post-primes ever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Because you have to assume he was post-prime for... Okay, Tommy, though, you want to talk... You want to talk about somebody who looks like their hair is just spray painted onto their head? Yeah. Kusamal Pahar is like, he's got Lego hair. <laughs> Modular hair. Yeah, let me take a look at it. Let's see. Man, I love Dan Anderson. I really do. I don't know what it is about his style. I just just enjoy the 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 simplicity of it yeah i mean he's a man who distilled all of mma being a really good wrestler being uh you know all, all of the technique and everything into just shuffle right hand yeah i'm super tough oh my god you're right <laughs> it looks like you could just pop it, it really does doesn't it they get up to the ring and they pop that off and put on the ponytail one <laughs> I wonder if he's got a weave or something that really does look strangely artificial. <laughs> it's not a rug. No, it's, he just has absolutely insanely thick hair. Wow. It is. I've never noticed that before. How it's just like a, just a stark line where the hair starts. Yeah. And I'm sure if he didn't shave either, it would the beard would be the same. Yeah. yeah he, he he definitely has that like uh, Rafael Sunsau facial hair where it's mm. just like, yeah, it just he comes. shaved before he walked out actually, and this is this is how it looks now. This is, this is growth that happened just on the on the walk, walk to the octagon. He had his head buzzed yesterday. Yeah, that would have to be a, a powerful, uh, like, yeah, a powerful trimmer to get through that. He actually has Looks, to call, like, a, a he, has to, he has to call a landscaping company to get his hair cut. It's just so consistent in texture, his hair. There's You can't see a, 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 a trace of scalp through that. <laughs> it's not like it's long hair, either. No, uh, yeah, so it's like a pelt. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> He's got a lovely coat, Uzumar Palaris. Luscious. Yeah, I love Dan Henderson, man. The, the You're right, he distills something about yeah. MMA. Like, it's just like grit, toughness, pretty One basic punch. wrestling, and massive power. And that is... It's probably the, the greatest, like representation of it's probably the greatest knock on MMA striking in the sports mm -hmm. history that he could be so so successful and so consistent with the striking game that he developed over time. Well, to be fair, like you can even go to boxing and find guys who are pretty Dan Henderson-esque. Yeah. It's just a certain kind of just like yeah, gritty power puncher who does not mind getting hit that yeah you know like, also like gene fulmer great boxer he beat ray robinson 
he's not that much more technical than uh, than Dan Henderson a lot of the time. I was gonna say, watch, watch out for your hot take, Gene, because you know. But well, watch. I mean, he he does have. There is one surprising Gene Fulmer performance. I think it was against a guy literally named Spider Web, uh, where he boxed off the back foot and won. And it was it's very interesting. Kyle McLaughlin will tell you about it. But mostly he was just like a he was a bruiser, mm-hmm. a slugger. Like there is a slugger archetype in boxing, too, that Dan yeah. Henderson reminds me of those guys. Also, the best thing about Dan Henderson was the way that, like, he knocked out Michael Bisping and then went through an entire, as you said, post prime career of, you know, reasonable successfulness. Yeah. Where people would just be talking about, ooh, the H bomb, the H bomb the entire time. Never. Yeah. It's like the people just talking up the H bomb, never landed it, never knocked anyone out with it, didn't happen, just primarily just got people with, like, clinch break left hooks mm-hmm. or like short right hands on the inside the big running like overhand that he decks michael bisping with just never happened there was... everyone was terrified enough of it that like he like they would uh, they would get inside after he had missed something they'd be like now i can get him and he would just kill them and just and then he just uh, used it to like knock Michael Bisping down like two or three times in his retirement fight. Yeah, suddenly it came back. Th- there was there was a period I think right after the Bisping one. I think he went Strikeforce paid him more money, so I think he like got out of the UFC right after that, right? Mm-hmm. And he was knocking people out with that right hand for that like three year stretch. Yeah, I think so. But like even then, like the like the Fedor knockout. It's not anything. Yeah. It's not really the H bomb or anything like that. Yeah. So he he knocked it's... out Bisping and then he went to Strike Force. He he did H bomb Jake Shields in the first round of their fight, but couldn't. And then it. got slaughtered. And yeah. Then he knocked, and then he knocked out Babalu with the mm-hmm. right hand. He knocked out Feijao with the big right hand. And, and then there Fedor was, that, was the that under the arm Fedor pit. fight on the ground. Yeah. 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 So so uh, so Feijao Cavalcante was the last. Uh, H-bomb victim, really. Yeah. Here we go, round one starting. I just love Dan Anderson. I should I should just do like a retrospective on Dan Anderson sometime. Yeah. Something about him just speaks to me. Is that the way he looked 40 when he was 20? Yeah, I just like him. I don't know. <laughs> He's just like a, you know, he, you know what I mean? He's like one of the opponents from that movie Hard Times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's just a classic type of fighter. Yep. Would love to see uh, Dan Henderson. Like, he just absolutely clubbed Husamal Paul Harris there. That is yep. something he was good at throughout his career. Is well, dive bombing people after he just catching, being super accurate in these like wild yeah. transitions. One mm-hmm. huge shot while somebody is shooting or falling down or in a scramble. Well, the Team Quest dive bomb punch was a big yeah thing that they all learned you know they all got from there like robbie lawlow i think that was one of the things he learned from team quest yeah but there's you know there's the fedor knockout but even like yep. way early in his pride career i think yeah it was henzo gracie he just mm-hmm. splattered uh like going for a lazy shot he just splattered him with an uppercut mm-hmm. yeah always good at that and of course those clinch break shots that you talked about Yeah, and it's the fact that he was also able to make, like, certain, 
Like he he pulled an absolutely dreadful fight out of the Oto Majida. Mm-hmm. That was like he only lost by split decision. I'm yeah. pretty sure we watched that on this show before. Did we? Have. I think we did, like way at the beginning. It's really unfair to Henderson though that that Paul Harris gets to wear that helmet. Yeah. <laughs> he would have been knocked out twice already, but this is also some surprisingly he's prepared because Dan Henderson is not always very good at stopping shots. No, yeah, he's very wooden, but he is sprawling quite well in this fight. Granted, these shots are coming from really far away, mm-hmm. but uh, some good wrestling defense from Dan so far. You know, we're really watching like the glory days of the UFC when you've got the Condom Depot sticker. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. If you look Condom at Depot, much... Mike Goldberg. Yeah. Look at how much less cluttered the canvas is with ads than it is today. <laughs> For all that complete bullshit. Uh, about how the trunks having ads all over them looked unprofessional. The octagon now, there none of this empty space exists today. Mm-hmm. Is completely covered in logos. Oh yeah, so that was all always nice. bullshit. That was always. Yeah. Of course, yeah, but it's just you know a, a stark reminder of how bullshit that excuse was. Someone got a nice little bonus for making a, a PowerPoint presentation when they were like. Actually, we've done some calculations, and the uh, the the area of the octagon is however many you know cubic, however many square meters, and we can maximize ad revenue potential by making sure that we have an ad density of blah de blah 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 blah. <laughs> they probably earned like we got a sixty thousand dollar bonus out of it. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is getting real. We have present presentation of the night, Phil. This fight is getting wonderfully stupid. Yeah, it really. Like, uh, yeah, Polaris just clipped Hendo with a left hook and then started chasing him around the cage with, like, back kicks. Yeah, but up to that point, he was getting smashed with, like, one shot in all of their uh, yeah little scrambles. There really is a there's a direct through line between from, like, Masakazu Minari to Husamar Polaris for grapple guys who's striking was just the most bare, like, bare functionality. Like, I know we know we're talking about Dan Henderson only does one thing, but it's with complete comfort and confidence. Yeah. Paul Hart striking is just like, it is oh. only built to connect to, to you. That was more what I expect out of a Hendo takedown defense. Oh, my God, though. Oh, my God. What is going on? <laughs> is he getting cradled? Oh. Hendo just, like, inverted trying yeah. to... And oh, yeah. having like a classic, like a classic crucifix on him. Man, you know, who's, who's the Imanari now? He says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, th- that whole sequence, somehow, I don't know why, but it really did just make totally clear to me how much Sam Alvey is just a Dan Henderson training partner. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the posture, the the weird, like goofy. I've gotten taken down and I'm just going to like try to do something weird to get out of it kind of this. Yeah. Alvi really is just he he is what you get if you put somebody in Dan, in the gym with Dan Henderson for their whole career. Also Christoph Sajinsky sighting in the uh, Hendo corner there. Look, I just love these little sneak shots that Henderson. Finds. Yeah. 
in between moments. He's so good yep. at that. That's the thing. That's what makes it work. Hendo just gets fighting. Like, oh yeah, it just has a feel for it that you really can't. He also another thing I love about Hendo's style is like it's it's so simple. But part of the reason that his his simplicity works, I think, is he's he's one of those fighters like who you could identify via silhouette. Mm-hmm. His, his stance screams, "I am going to smash you with my right hand." There's yeah. no subtlety to it, and I think that's part of why it works so well. Oh yeah, Tim Henderson just stalks towards you, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Well, it creates I, a hyperfixation on opponents yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. They think, are think, only looking for that right hand after a while. I think so the my fact guy that he would do little like baby low, low kicks and stuff like that to get yeah. inside yeah. just confused the hell out of people. I think my guy Luis Mondo once said it's like he literally looks like he's holding a bazooka on his shoulder. <laughs> that right hand. It's like, I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. Here it is. Just look at the way he stands. That right hand is just so menacing. He is a dude who... If he was not fighting MMA, and probably while he was fighting in MMA, absolutely would just be getting in a fight in a bar every single day. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Imagine getting into the fight with Dan Henderson not knowing who he is. This man is a bar fighter supreme. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. He's he's penetrated the the famed Dan Henderson takedown defense. (laughs) He really did. He really was like, I, I don't know if it's a Greco thing or whatever, but like, I think it's probably Greco and also just having legs that don't bend. That too. But a, a lot of those dudes, <laughs> Hendo really tip. Of, he really is like the best example of that Greco thing, where like takedown defense is I scoop my hips back an inch, mm-hmm. and it is actually really hard to take me down if you just hit. If you or take him down, if you just hit his hips at that moment where he scoots back a little and sets. Ooh. But if you can get past that, it's so stock stiff and so unflexible that. Uh, I love the idea that Paharis could get completely in on a heel hook and they just can't twist Dan Henderson's leg. <laughs> it, just doesn't, it. it just doesn't have joints in it. The hell? How could you tell if Henderson was limping? How would you ever know? (laughs) (laughs) Like, he basically just walks with a permanent limp. Yeah, he just hobbles everywhere. There we go. He's shuffling a little slower today, old Dan. This has become Paharis' move, this weird little, like, gator roll reversal. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like, using Hendo's own mighty grip against him. Kind of just holds on and lets him lets him flip him over. Was this the last time uh, Paul Harris lost a decision? He... Maybe. Because I mean, this is one of those ones where it's shockingly, it's shockingly gritty from him. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because like pretty much every time after this oh. he got into trouble, he was just like, nope, this is it. <laughs> he had that. Much. He had that draw. But yes, it's the last time he ever lost a decision. He had a draw in Fight Nights Global in 2017. That uppercut just then from Hendo was sick. But yeah, no, Paul Harris eventually went full Bob Sapp territory, where yep. it's just, I either feel the fight, I either feel like I can win in the first 30 seconds of this fight, or I realize I'm not going to win, and I'm done. Yep. 
Yeah, definitely a very weird guy. I mean, oh, yeah. one of those people where I was like, I, I, I don't really think you're, I don't think you're that malicious, but you are dangerously stupid. Yeah, yeah there's like, just given a your feel there. Yeah, given how physically imposing and like your the skill set that you own, I think you being a complete idiot, like a, yeah. like one of the stupidest people I've ever seen in MMA to the extent that like uh yeah I just I, I was just like this this person is a, in some ways a danger to themselves and others because yeah. they're so gives you a, it gives you a vibe of being like uh, like Seth Rogen's character from Observe and Report uh huh like, too, too stupid to be accepted in the police force so he's like a mall cop with like delusions of grandeur that's a very paul harris kind of kind of vibe or i'm just uh what's his face um the what's the uh what's the 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 steinbeck book with uh, with lenny in oh god uh man yeah yeah yeah. george and lenny yeah yeah, uh, I mean, so in this case, it would be too stupid for jujitsu to like be a jujitsu champion. Would that be like the Paul Harris in this case? Because like, you know, electric. Does that make rap- Dan Henderson? Does that make Dan Henderson curly? <laughs> instead of instead of keeping his right hand in a glove full of lotion, it's like in a just a bucket full of nails mm-hmm. all, all day. I like to keep it. This is my punching hand. I like to keep it real nasty. <laughs> Because at least in like record on Wiki, Paul Harris has no no real his only notable grappling accomplishment was a 2011 silver medal at ADCCs in mm-hmm. Nottingham. He probably is too dumb to be a jiu-jitsu champion. Like even right hand. Look at those right hands from Dan Anderson. Yeah, he really. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I do agree. I don't think he's ever been malicious. It's just, you know, the brain shuts off while the body is working. You can't you can't keep both running at the same time. So if he's twisting an ankle, like there's just nothing else going on in the entire world. Uh, yeah. I mean, George. Also, you know, it is one of those things where like his his training partners and his coaches and so on had to have seen the potential, but they also had to have seen the fact that this guy is an absolute liability. Oh yeah. Like, you know, one thing George didn't do with Lenny was try and train him up as like a bare knuckle boxer. Because, <laughs> because that would have been bad. I mean, admittedly the yeah. book doesn't end that well anyway. Um, but you know, I was just imagining George taking Lenny out to the lake and then just crushing him with an overhand right. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how he dispatches his friend. Do a modern version of Mice and Men where he, he where Lenny m- makes an extremely pathetic fortune, uh, getting George to uh, getting George to be the star of slap fighting. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, I do love, though, that the moment Paul Harris left the UFC, he just became the most muscle-bound creation that you've ever seen on the face of the planet. I mean, partially it was that he was was fighting a weight class down most of the time, right? 
Like, because you look at him and you're like, well, you look at these two men and you're like, which one is the former light heavyweight? Paul Harris is now starting to get picked. And which one is going to, which one is ending their career uh, like welterweight here? He's now starting to get beaten by the famed Dan Henderson jab, which, yep. is, a, which is a terrible sign. Yeah. Things are not going well if Henderson is jabbing you up. Here comes another one. Look at that. Oh. Oh. Henderson just he just gets striking. He doesn't need better boxing no, technique. No. He just gets it. I mean, yeah. he sort of did, but, you know. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> The reason he never won an, you know, a UFC belt, but. Well, I mean, you know. He definitely. Anderson Silva, what are you going to do? I know, I know. What are you going to do? I will say I'm very pleased that that, um, even I am pleased that that fight against John Jones never came to be. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Can you imagine? Although, imagine if Hendo was the guy who just gave (laughs) Jones. How funny that would have been. That that would have been hilarious. Wouldn't have ever happened, but it would have been hilarious. No. He is just touching Paul Harris with his jab at will now. It's very funny. Yep. Oh, oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when Dan Henderson missed time as a sprawl, <laughs> his whole body... That's when you realize how stiff he is, really. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he moved bend. out of something that that doesn't ha- out of the way of something that doesn't happen, and you just realize that like no one part of his body can move without all other parts moving. Yeah, like, he wiggles a toe and his ears move. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Oh, oh man! I mean, see, this is a for for Paul Harris. This is a remarkably gutsy performance. It is really. There are so many points where he just would have absolutely collapsed at any point after this, or in fact, probably beforehand. Mm-hmm. You see, absolutely fighting his heart out. Yeah. And yeah, this is a. You know, if if you were like this guy. With this, like, you know, level of grit and physicality, and he can go down to welterweight and he can make it multiple times, you'd be like, man, this guy's going to be a really threatening, uh, like, action fighter slash, you know, potentially even title contender. But no. Oh, Oh my God. Maybe this was the fight that just broke him. Maybe he was just like, I I mean, this is just the one where he tried everything and he was as tough as possible and it didn't get him anything. Yeah, and, just, and then afterwards he was just like, you know what? Why don't I just give up right at the beginning? Because I knew how it was going to go. I feel like you saw even there there was a slight moment of him giving up. Yeah, mm-hmm. tried he got nailed with the right hand. Tried to turn that into a oh my goodness. Oh, oh yeah, it's getting bad. Then Hendo got off of him and he just like sort of stayed there like fussing with his glove for a minute. Like ugh. yeah, yeah. You can see the what would what Paul Harris would become being being born right here mm-hmm. oh, my oh my god yeah oh. oh saved it for the end oh brutal yeah that was a pretty the, t- the, t- damn... the team quest dive bomb that yeah. was a pretty damn good showing from old man hendo mm-hmm. very solid fight 
Yep. Yeah, he does have that pat on the butt he just got. Yeah. Which hurt, hurt his coach's hand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Ugh. I just I just love this man. Endless respect to Dan Henderson. Yeah, it was like this is eleven years into Hendo's career. And uh this was still so long before like the this was yeah. pre Michael Bisping. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, it's still eight years before he retired. Wow. Was it pre Michael Bisping? No, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. He fought Rich Franklin to a split decision after this. That was probably terrible. Oh, yeah. And then, and then right. yeah. And then yeah. his strike force run. Yeah. Man, he totally robbed Rich Franklin, though. I don't remember that one. Yeah. It's a sad oh. one. It's a sad one because it's one of those ones where, like, Dan Henderson has a lot of meaningful wins throughout his MMA career. And Rich Franklin kind of really needed one to hang his, <laughs> his hat yeah. on. Yeah. And yeah. he, he kind of won that one. Yeah, Hendo didn't need that. Yep. No one even remembers it as one of like Hendo's wins. Like I don't remember it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Franklin went off to become a center point of the true Bushido and respect in martial arts as president of or as vice president of One FC. Mm-hmm. Yes. Doing that? I thought he wasn't doing that anymore. No, well, I think he stopped now. I never really. I mean, I can't actually have pretend to actually know what any of those positions that one FC ever amounted to. And like, they could very well still be paying him. Like, I have no idea what he ever actually did there. But they, uh, they used to give the fighters a much stupider looking energy drink to hold <laughs> that like pouch. He had to take a sip from just then. Ooh, looking up, uh, Rich Franklin, I'm, I'm hearing that he's in a, film called Cyborg Soldier with <laughs> Tiffany Thiessen. And uh, how did it do at Cannes this year? Uh, it's it's old. Came oh. out in 2008. I don't, I don't know, Phil, we can, should we, we, we should we watch Cyborg Soldier or Mantervention? Mantervention also sounds very good, yes. What? That barely makes sense as a title. <laughs> So it means that interventions are only for women. Mm-hmm. And if you're having an intervention and you're a man, it needs to be a man intervention. Ooh, that one's got Mario Van Peebles in it. Yeah, also, you know, sort of MMA adjacent. KJ Noons, Daniel Cormier. Oh, we are watching this at some point. <laughs> Deep Roy. Oh my God, it's like a it's it's like a bro comedy featuring yes. a bunch of MMA fighters. We have to watch that. And Mindy Robinson. So we get our we get our our Randy Couture connection. Oh, that's that's her. Yeah. Oh, sh- we gotta watch this <laughs> man intervention. All right. Let's. What 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 uh what's our. What, let me look at the UFC schedule. That is truly breaking new ground in like bad MMA fighter movies because never before have they tried to be funny, and I guarantee you it is unbearable to watch. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, our next our next week off is uh, there is no next week off. <laughs> Sweet, no, no, no. Like April. I will see 1st. you at the end of 2023. <laughs> April first. We have our next week off. So, oh, 
All right. April 1st, Mantervention. Mantervention. I really want to see this. All right. All right. On that note, we're going to wrap this up. You can find me on Twitter at these anytime. You can find Connor on Twitter at Boxing Bush. You can find Phil on Twitter at Evil Greg Jackson. You can find all three of us over at BloodyElbow.com. Give us a like, subscribe to our podcasts on Bloody Elbow Presents on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all those good places. And we will be back in two months' time for a special screening of Rich Franklin's biggest star vehicle to date, Mantravention. Thanks, everyone, and adios. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We're also on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you'll get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, the Level Change Podcast, the MMA Vivis Section, the Sixth Round Post-Fight Show, Sixth Round Retro, the MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, Exclusive Fighter Interviews, Show Money, Guest Podcasts, the Hey Not The Face Podcast, and radio-style play-by-play for every UFC pay-per-view. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Bloody Elbow Blog, and as always, on BloodyElbow.com.